Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. And this week, you can enter a contest for free with your first deposit. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now. New users enter code BMF during sign-up. Play in a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit to compete for your share of cash prizes. That's code BMF only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Jim Cramer dominates Wall Street. And now he's teaming up with Bill Enright to help you dominate fantasy football. This is Bull Market Fantasy presented by DraftKings. What's up and welcome inside the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive here with my man Frankie Fatstacks and Bull Market Bill. Bill, let me come to you right off the top. We got some interesting news going down in the world of the NFL and fantasy football this week. We have game a game postponement. How exactly should fantasy owners be handling that game postponement? I don't think they should do anything differently, right? Because as long as it plays on Monday or Tuesday night, it will still be counted for week four. Now, if for some reason it doesn't happen until Thursday or Friday of next week, I can't see that ever happening. But if for some reason it doesn't happen by Monday or Tuesday, then that will be a situation where the Steelers and the Titans players would essentially be on a bye. So just you would treat it like any other lineup and you'd leave those players on your bench. But for, I, for the most part, I mean, Monday and Tuesday, if they're playing, you're starting those guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. So that's what I figured the situation would be. So listen, not too much panic for fantasy owners right now, even though we thought this could be coming. This is our first time after we get through three weeks of the season. All right, let's get ready to hit the floor, talk some buy or sell. Frankie Fatstacks, I'll start with you. Nick Foles rescued the Chicago Bears last week. You see him continuing to do it? Oof, this this is a tough one. As you, as we pointed out yesterday, Corey, you you astutely pointed it out that Nick Foles is much better as a relief pitcher than he is as a starter. Uh, to bring in a baseball analogy, and I'm not so sure of what to really buy of this offense. We know that the Chicago Bears lost a big part. Uh, in in terms of their check down passing game and the elusiveness, losing Tariq Cohen out of their at the running back position, and I'm not so sure really what to really make from Nick Foles. For me, it's an absolute sell. I don't trust Nick Foles. I won't be using Nick Foles in this game. And also, I'm a little bit concerned also when we look at the line movement in this game, as it appears that the money is continuing to pour in on the Indianapolis Colts and guys like I highlighted yesterday. Don't sell this Indianapolis Colts defense short. They're not getting a lot of respect, and what they're one of actually one of the top defenses in the NFL through three games of the 2020 season. All right, Bill, what do we got? Nick Foles, BDN. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know Frankie said it. I mean, don't don't sell this Colts team short. They they've actually given up the fewest amount of fantasy points two opposing quarterbacks this season. And and Foles, he came in, he looked good, 188 yards, three touchdowns last week. I'm sure Allen Robinson owners, if you have Anthony Miller, if you have Jimmy Graham, you guys are happy, right? Because MVP Mitch is gone. Nick Foles is now the starter. 
am I getting exciting about Foles' matchup against the Colts? No, I'm not going to be using him unless you're in a two-quarterback league. But you should be more confident now in Allen Robinson at the least. Yeah, I got to agree with you. And then I think I am more confident on Allen Robinson. Foles can push the football down the field. Also like to throw the football to the running back, but there's no go for me on uh, BDN. All right, here we go, Frankie. Joe Mixon running back for the Cincinnati Bengals off to a slower start. You buying or selling? Uh, I'm still selling. I wasn't high on Joe Mixon heading into this season, and I continue to not be high on Joe Mixon going into this week. I know that the they're expected to uh, play at a higher level right now, playing the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And we see that they're actually, the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, after tying uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're actually a favorite this week. But I'm still not on board of this Joe Mixon train just yet. I don't know if defenses really respect the running game right now. And they're forcing Joe Burrow to become one-dimensional. And that's a actually a good thing from a fantasy perspective for his wideouts. Tyler Boyd has been putting up monster production. And as we see... Joe Burrow, he's thrown for over 300 yards in his last couple of games. So I actually believe it's helping Joe Burrow and hurting Joe Mixon. But for me right now, Joe Burrow continues to be a sell this week. Uh, Bill, this is a guy that was going in the first round of a lot of fantasy drafts. What do you think about Joe Mixon right now? Jim Cramer says this all the time, right? You buy low, you sell high. Now is the time, if you're looking to trade for a running back, now is the time to go after Joe Mixon when he's coming off back-to-back performances of less than 50 yards on the ground. Uh, He still has not scored a single rushing touchdown yet this year. Remember, he started slow in 2019, ended up finishing very strong in the second half of the year. He has a much better quarterback this year with Joe Burrow only in his third game, about to be his fourth game of his NFL career. So if you're looking to make a trade, why not go after a guy that is, like you said, Corey, a first-round pick just a month ago, tremendously underperformed, and he still has that high of a ceiling. I don't think Mixon is now all of a sudden a running back three in fantasy football. This eventually will get right. You want to buy, you want to make the trade before that happens, though. Same team, Frankie T. Higgins, the rookie wide receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals. What do we think about him moving forward? Uh, Well, listen, if we're going based off of last week's performance, he was an absolute star grabbing five of nine targets. And we found, as we all love guys in the fantasy world, finding the end zone twice. But now going up against Jacksonville, I'm not so sure if this is not a possibility to fade and look for regression. We know that they have a lot of weapons. A.J. Green is there. Tyler Boyd is there. He's eating way down the food chain on that team right now. And if you guys, Bill and you guys, uh, and Corey, you both seem like you're looking maybe to buy on Joe Burrow, just how many guys can you buy on? If you're buying on Joe Mixon, which I'm not, then you're selling on T. Higgins. I'm selling on T. Higgins because of the fact that I don't believe that he can keep that kind of level of production up because of the fact that he's going to need an injury to either A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd to move up in this food chain. For me, he's a complete fade. I believe he's a complete regression candidate this week. I do think he has some value if if he's on your waiver wire as a stash and cash player and looking to leave him there in case those injuries do rear their ugly head. But for going into week four, T. Higgins, for me, is a fade. Bill, Dr. Roto calls him a league, a potential league winner. When he talks about T. Higgins, that's what he says. 
And you're asking me to comment on Dr. Roto's comment? <laughs> <laughs> is Dr. Roto right? I don't know. Is Dr. Roto right in your you buying a salad? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I don't know if Higgins is a league winner. I think he could I think he's someone that can absolutely contribute to a team um to a team's push to the playoffs. Let's put it that way. I don't know if he's gonna come out and all of a sudden be a top twenty wide receiver that you just picked up off the waiver wire. They still have Tyler Boyd. I do expect expect AJ Green to fall off at some point this year. Um, but Tyler Boyd is really my guy in that Bengals passing attack. You look at what he's done the last two weeks, and until that is not there, uh, I think Higgins' potential is a little bit capped. Um, and of course, with AJ Green already starting, we know that Higgins is really just that third man on the totem pole. Yeah, I think it's an interesting situation with Higgins right here, but I do think that A.J. Green, like you said, I think it's a matter of time until we see the latest A.J. Green injury pop up, and then he'll be done for Cor the season. What's Corey, when you, when you watch A.J. Green play, does it look like he still wants to play professional football? I think A.J. – I wouldn't be not be surprised if A.J. Green, like, retired during the middle of the season. It just looks like he's not – I'm not saying he's dogging it. I'm saying his body language looks like he does – not care about playing anymore. He's still diving for passes. He's still trying to make plays. But when you see him on the field, it, it just looks like a, a guy that is kind of done with playing in the NFL. I 100% agree with you. I've said this for the past couple of weeks. I don't know if A.J. Green makes it through the season, not only because of injury, but I think A.J. Green is very close to retirement. You nailed it, Bill. He looks like a player that does not want to play football anymore. So I'm very, very skeptical on A.J. Green moving forward, and that's why I'm a little bit more optimistic when it comes to the young man, T. Higgins. We got a blast from the past right here, Frankie. Jimmy Graham is uh, a top 12 fantasy tight end. I'm not buying it at all, though. Uh, actually, I am buying it. I'm buying it because of the fact that Nick Foles, as we know, if we go back and we we look at his numbers, he loves his tight ends. Ask Jim Cramer what he what it, what he did with the Eagles' tight ends in that run through a Super Bowl championship. That he loves, you know, the tight end position. And right now, I know Corey. I agree with you. The tight end position, it's it's absolutely a wasteland outside of maybe two or three players that you can depend on. And one of the guys that most fantasy players reached, you know, stepped out on early, George Kittle. He's been out and hurt and been crushing fantasy teams that invested a high pick at a position that's a complete wasteland. But if we look at Jimmy Graham, he's got 17 targets and he's becoming a red zone target again. We know that last week he found the end zone twice. And for Jimmy Graham, he's a veteran. We know that Nick Foles. When we combine his propensity to want to use the tight ends in the passing game, for me, I'm buying on Jimmy Graham, and I'm actually making several waiver claims to try to add him and put him into a lineup this week because, as you know, I look to stream tight ends, and I think the matchup actually screams value here. And I think with the amount of targets and the red zone looks, Jimmy Graham is back in fantasy relevancy. Now, Bill, I think back is a strong term to use when you're discussing Jimmy Graham. Yes, he's playing good football right now, but I just, this guy's body's been beat up for a couple years now. I can't see him lasting the season. You know, 33 years old kind of scares me, or 32 years old, whatever it is. He actually ran the second most passing routes uh, among the tight end position in week three. Now, are they going to play the Falcons every week where they're trailing 28 to 10 and they're in catch up mode for the entire second half? No, not likely. Uh, they have some some good matchups in the next couple weeks against the Colts, Bucks, and Panthers. But when you, when you look at the Bears, what's their identity? Is it going to be a rushing attack, heavy rushing attack with David Montgomery? And if it's not, it's going to be peppering Allen Robinson with targets. So if their identity becomes more of a balanced approach, then maybe Jimmy Graham does get a lot of red zone looks. He's not going six for 60 and two every week. 
I don't think he gets 24 points, which is what he scored in the PPR league in week three. I don't think he matches that at all the rest of the season. That, right, was, Tom, his peak. that was his peak. Tom, you mentioned the two, uh, you mentioned the three words I want to get into next, Bill, and I'll stay right here with you for this one. Rest of the season. I want to look at some rest of the season values. Ask you who you would take, who you would rather have for the rest of the season. Let's start at the running back position. Two guys who have had the same job. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Clyde the Glide, or Kareem Hunt. Who would you rather have for the rest of the season? I'm taking Edward Delaire, no-brainer for me because the Chiefs have the best offense in the league, and I actually thought Darrell Williams would have been a little bit more involved early in the season, let the rookie running back get his feet wet. has not been the case at all. He's had over 130 yards from scrimmage in two of the first three games. Fantasy managers, if you're in a PPR league, this guy, you know what Andy Reid's running backs do, right? If they're not rushing the football, they're catching the football. And he's just been absolutely as advertised, the only running back to go in the first round of this year's NFL draft. Kareem Hunt's still going to split with Nick Chubb. So I'll, I'll, I will take the, the one that more, that more likely has a workhorse role. That's not taking anything away from Hunt, but hey, you got to pick one of them. I'm going with the Rook. Rest of the season, Frankie, Kareem Hunt or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? This isn't even a question for me. It's not even disputable. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's a featured back. He's a workhorse. Right now, we know that Kareem Hunt does produce, but he is splitting time, obviously, with uh, the, in that Cleveland backfield right now. And for me, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the clear choice over Kareem Hunt playing in that offense. Patrick Mahomes showed on Monday night he is the best quarterback in the National Football League right now going forward in the present, no matter what you want to talk about, it's undisputed. Mahomes, that offense, elite. Yes, Russell Wilson is putting up great numbers, but for me right now, after that performance, the way that he totally took it to Lamar Jackson, who only produced 97 passing yards in that game, right now it's not even a clear option for me, guys. It's not even worth discussing. Edwards Hilaire, rest of the season. Ooh, interesting stuff. Everybody high on Edwards Hilaire for the rest of the season. All right, Bill, let's hop in. That Buffalo Bill passing game. Josh Allen is looking like looking like he may be the real deal. I'm not ready to I'm not ready to put in, I'm not ready to put him in Canton yet, but I do like the way Josh Allen is playing and I got him on a couple of fantasy teams. You could put those teams in Canton at the end of the season. But what do we like? John Brown or Julian Edelman rest of the season? I think this one really comes down to what kind of league you play in. If you're in a PPR league, I think Edelman's the answer. If you're in a non-PPR league, you don't get any points for those catches, then you're going with John Brown. I am a little bit worried about his calf injury, but for someone that really had a checkered injury history over the start of his career, he's actually been pretty consistent with try, uh, with, with playing nearly a full season. I think he missed one or two games over the last two years, but for the most part, Brown's been on the field. If this calf injury it comes out to be more serious than the Bills are letting on, then that becomes a, a little bit of a problem. But PPR league, I'm going with Edelman. Standard league, I'm going with Brown. Uh, interesting stuff right there. What do you think about that, Frankie? John Smoke Brown or Julian Edelman? If Brown can stay healthy, I absolutely think that he's the clear choice. I think Bill last week gave me a little bit of a ribbing when I actually suggested benching Julian Edelman last week, and he put up that stinker of a performance, two receptions for 23 yards because Bill's got some outstanding wide receivers on one of his rosters. And to be honest, I mean, he didn't look very good against a very – 
porous secondary in the in the Raiders. I'm not going to say porous to to the point of them being in the Jets level in terms of secondary, or maybe even the Seahawks level in the secondary. But the the overall play for the Raiders right now in that secondary overall, maybe it was game script as well. They got out ahead and they absolutely crushed the. Uh, in a, let, a huge letdown spot for the Raiders coming off that big opening win at, at opening their stadium here in Vegas on Monday night against the Saints. But Edelman worries me a little bit. He's up there in age, and um, you know I I, I do see that he, he's had a decent amount, twenty four targets in three games, but eleven of those fifty percent of the almost fifty percent of those targets came in one game in week two against that porous Seahawks secondary. And now against another defense that wasn't as, you know, it's it's not really up as, and really as competitive in terms of the Raiders secondary. I think he can do some damage this week against the Chiefs. But if he puts up another lackluster performance, I actually worry about his overall value going forward. But for me, John Brown, if healthy, he's the clear, you know, remainder of schedule play for me because I love what Josh Allen is doing up in Buffalo. Unless you're a maniacal sociopath and you think Rex Burkhead is going to score three touchdowns uh, again, ever again, the rest of this season, then you have to be confident in Julian Edelman. I don't see any which way about it. Uh, listen, I, I, you chalk me up as being a maniacal maniac. I think he's a <laughs> sociopath. Uh, I'll be a sociopath because, as we know, Bill Belichick has often proven that you have no idea of week to week who's going to emerge in that backfield for the Patriots. I don't no. care what, and you and and so you can't say whether Rex Burkhead is going to be the guy. You can't say if it's going to be Damian Harris next week. You can't say who it's going to be if it's going to be a guy off the waiver wire. They might bring Blair Thomas off off the scrap heap and back into the league and be, have him become relevant. Of it. But I'll tell you right now, there is no way you can know from week to week. But you, it is concerning to know that the star player and a player that I expected to get the most targets in that lineup was only able to secure two of six receptions. My point is, going forward, if he and, and his age is getting up there, and maybe it looks like Cam Newton is more concerned with running the ball himself than he is with staying in the pocket and finding a guy like Edelman down the field. I'm not so sure that that rapport that he had with Tom Brady is there with Cam Newton. And my point is, rest of schedule, who do you want as your quarterback right now in a passing game? Josh Allen with the prolific numbers he's putting up or the numbers that Cam Newton's putting up in the passing game? Edelman had a career – what are you talking about chemistry with Cam Newton? Edelman had a career high in receiving yards, 179 receiving yards a week, too. Yeah, against a defense that could have me and you and Corey in the backfield right now. Don't put me in this, bro. Don't put me in this. <laughs> Don't the put me in this. If hamstrings is tight already. All right, let's get ready to move on. I'm trying to do a better job than Chris Wallace did in the debate. But let's get ready to go to the tight end position, Bill. John New Smith versus Evan Ingram, I say rest of season. Frankie says remainder of schedule. <laughs> yeah, because the rest of season is not what we all we have. We, we go rest of season because of the fact that we our schedule stops in week, what, 12, 13, when we actually stop caring about what happens because our lineups lock. I don't care about a 16-game season. I care about what helps me in fantasy. Listen, I'm a huge Giants fan. I think you guys all know that. I, I have called, I have made a lot of money just saying that Evan Ingram is going to be a bust year in and year out. I, I've banked on it. Every single year when I do my bust report, Evan Ingram is at the top of the list along with Sammy Watkins. So I am. this is a no-brainer to me. I am absolutely going with Johnny Smith. Evan Ingram is not a football player. He, he doesn't know how to take hits. He doesn't like being tackled. 
He's not the prototypical tight end. He's got a lot of speed, but the guy can't catch. He can't run a route, and the Giants do not know how to take advantage of his athleticism. If he was on another team with a creative coaching staff, maybe he'd actually be able to play up to his potential. But until that happens, Evan Ingram will remain on my bust list year in and year out. And there's there's maybe five tight ends that you can throw at me that I would put ahead of him. But other than that, he's really outside my top 20 most of the time. All right, Frankie, I call him Bigfoot. We've heard about the talent of Evan Ingram. We just haven't seen it. Is it John Lou Smith or is it a bounce back from Evan Ingram? We're talking about tight ends, guys. Tight ends? Really? These two tight ends? I don't want either. I don't really want a part of either one of them. I mean, well, what tight end you like, Frankie? Uh, John Smith is good. What's wrong with Johnu? Uh, three it, touchdowns over the first three games, consistent catches, four, four, and five. Back to back weeks of over 60 yards. He's involved. I don't know why people sleep on the Tennessee Titans. This is a team last year that beat the Patriots that had Tom Brady. They beat the Ravens. Lamar Jackson was the MVP. And they gave the Chiefs a good showing. I mean, they didn't win, but they gave them a good show. No one was expecting them to make the AFC Championship. And now they're 3-0 again this year, and no one's giving them any respect. Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. A.J. Brown's dealing with that bone bruise. Jonu Smith is going to get a lot of targets, and he's going to be consistent in this offense. I, if I have to choose between the two of them, it's a clear no-brainer. Evan Ingram is shown to be a complete bust. So, But for me, overall, if I'm still looking at Evan Ingram... I mean, I, I think you have to go pretty far down the list year to date. I'm not even so sure, you know, where, where, where overall does he come right now within the top five? In the no, I, no, listen, he's he's, he's nothing he's, right he's now, not, but is this, no, this, number, is this an opportunity? Actually, no, he's actually number two behind Travis Kelsey because we know that there's been injuries to that position. You know, obviously George Kittle not being oh, yeah. there, but John, John o. Smith is playing well in PPR leagues. His overall value is, you know, it's it's not even it's not even close. You know, Evan Ingram is is can't you can't even find him down there. But my point is that guys week to week at this tight end position, whether it's Mo Ali Cox, whether it's Dalton Schultz, whether it's Jordan Reed who flashed in week two, somebody always emerges. This position is a streaming position for me. I, I'm never high on anyone outside of the name of Travis Kelsey or a healthy George Kittle. Outside of that, it's a streaming position for me. I don't waste. Or I don't invest or waste high draft capital at that position in any fantasy league. And every week I will continue to stream guys that I think have solid matchups. And that's all it comes down to. But Jonu Smith, he is producing right now. So it's that clear no-brainer. Evan Ingram, he might as well pay for, play for the Jets. That's that, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in green and white at one point. He reminds, would, he reminds me of Johnny Mitchell. So I would not it. be surprised if he's in green and white at some point too. Or else he's back in the woods. All right, let's go DFS style. Our good buddy Michael Fabiano sit start out right now on si.com don't forget si fantasy plus if you want to win your league in 2020 all right bill david johnson versus the vikings is one of fabiano's plays this week the DraftKings price is 5600 i'll use dra- i'll use david johnson in some of my cash games i'm not putting him in a gpp but i'll take his 12 to 15 points for that salary and and use him as my one of probably my running back two in my cash games uh, Frankie Odell Beckham Jr. at the Dallas Cowboys. The DraftKings price is $5,800. Pretty cheap price for Odell. Yeah, it is a pretty cheap price. And we know that that game looks like it's it's 
getting action towards the over here uh, from a lot of different places as we see that total continue to rise because we're expecting a shootout with the Dak and the boys. And I think that Beckham loves these kind of games where he's going to have more freedom probably to run through that Cowboys secondary. And I think that Beckham loves this kind of spotlight. And I, I believe, Corey, you would have to correct me if I'm wrong, but Beckham did put up that highlight one-handed catch, I believe, against your Cowboys several years back. He has actually fallen off completely from that time when he was with the Giants and has not been the same level of player since then. But Beckham has the opportunity to shine. I love his potential in DFS this week because of the projected shootout between these two teams. Yes, that catch was made against the Dallas Cowboys, who won that game. It's kind of like the time that Allen Iverson as a rookie gave Michael Jordan 35 Jordan still got the win. All right, Bill, Joe Burrow versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The DraftKings price is $6,300. Yeah, I'm buying to Joe Burrow. I, I said it before that I, I kind of like what he's been doing, especially with that connection of Tyler Boyd. I do expect Joe Mixon to turn things around. We look at what Ryan Fitzpatrick did to the Jaguars defense last week. I think Burrow can have similar or even better success. Back-to-back games of over 300 yards. Burrow's finding a nice groove. I I'd use, I like identifying some lower-priced uh, quarterbacks on DraftKings that can still produce at a high level. I think Burrow's one of those guys. Uh, and finally, Dalton Schultz, your guy. Here you go, uh, Frankie. You get a chance to stream. Dalton, yeah. Schultz, <laughs> Dalton Schultz versus the Browns at 4,300. Now you're talking my language. Here we go. We're getting right back in. This 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 gives credence to what I was saying earlier when Bill was going on his little uh, tirade over there wanting to throw in Rex Burkhead. He can't do it again. Why can't he do it again? Anyone can do it in that Bill Belichick offense at any point because we have no idea from week to week. But Dalton Rex Schultz- Burkhead scores three touchdowns in a single game the rest of the year, I will send you, I will overnight you, your favorite pizza from Staten Island. If he doesn't get more than two in a single game, I expect In-N-Out, In-N-Out Burger on my doorstep the next morning. But you're making him sound like he can't produce double-digit fantasy points at any other point going forward. Is that touchdowns. what you're saying? I'm talking touchdowns. We were, we were debating about Julian Edelman and why he didn't have a good game in week three. And I'm saying because Rex Burkhead, out of nowhere, scored three touchdowns, which will never happen again the rest of the season. I'm so confident in that that I think he maxes out at two touchdowns in a single game the rest of the season. You're saying that Julian Edelman's lack of production in the passing game was due to the fact that Rex, Rex Burkett was scoring from 30, 35 yards out on these ridiculous miracle plays that he'll never replicate. But that that forced him to only produce 23 passing yards or receiving yards? He, Edelman still led the team in targets. The volume was still there. I'm not concerned. It's not about being concerned. It's about whether there's more value in a guy like John Brown was the question playing in a more prolific offense right now with a team that looks like they want to push the ball down the field. You highlighted it. John Brown has to be healthy. Otherwise, it's Edelman. But Edelman's lack of production and in that game concerns me a little bit because I'm not so sure that he's going to be force-fed the ball like he was before because he is getting up there in age and he doesn't have Tom Brady. But getting back to Dalton Schultz, I love his potential this week. He's had no less than four receptions in any of his games. We know that, listen, a lot of people were high on this overall Dallas Cowboy offense and they're not disappointing. But this tight end position, this kid is emerging. He's got over, what was he have? Almost uh, 13 receptions. He found his way into the end zone already, you know, in this season. For me right now, in this game against the Browns, I love Schultz. 
put him down for a touchdown, put him down for double-digit fantasy PPR points. I'm not so sure he gets nine or ten receptions like he did back in week two against Atlanta, but he's shown against porous secondaries he can find his way open. He did it against the Falcons in week two. He did it again last week against the uh, Seahawks. And I'll, I'll be honest, I like him this week, and I think it's a, almost a certainty that you're going to want to use him in DFS because he's going to get you double-digit fantasy points in PPR format. I want you to get in here, Bill. What do you think about what Frankie is saying about Dalton Schultz this Frank, week? Yeah, we, we you know, finally something we agree on. Uh, I actually do like Dalton Schultz this week. Everything that Frankie said about the matchup against the Browns, about how Dak Prescott has been using him, I can get on board with. Schultz coming at that at a reasonable price offers a, a high-risk – not a high risk, a high reward factor for this weekend with, I think, a relatively low risk. All right, that's good stuff right there. We finally got him to agree very well. You know what I'm saying? All right, <laughs> so let's get ready to wrap it up and put a bow tie on this one. Bull Market Fantasy brought to you by DraftKings. All right, here we go, Frankie. The Denver Broncos and your New York Jets. The Denver Broncos are a one-point favorite. The total right now is sitting at 39 and a half. Thursday night football, what do you got? I can't, as much as I have some animosity towards my fellow colleague, Bill Enright, right now, with some of the things that he wants to say on this program, there is no way that I could advise even him to put any of his hard earned money on the New York Jets at any point. I don't care that this line is moving. This line is moving towards the New York Jets. Everyone who's out there who loves this team, please continue. Prior to kickoff, bet the New York Jets, not the people that I care about, not our Vegas Whispers followers, not RSI gambling members, not RSI pro members, not anyone listening to this podcast. But if you know someone that you don't like, tell them to go out and bet the New York Jets this week. Let's push that spread to the Jets actually being a favorite so we can get the Broncos at plus money. They might as well, I don't, listen, they're starting Brett Ripien. They, they might as well start it Mark Ripien, a quarterback. It don't matter. <laughs> they could, they could start Browning Nagel for the, in the, you know, for the Denver Broncos this week, and they'll find a way to beat the New York Jets. Book it, book it, guys. The New York Jets will put up another stinker on national TV this week. I have, do not have any sharp information as of yet. I see what everyone else is seeing out there. I've been getting tons of messages, people asking me, wow, there's a lot of respect for the Jets. The line is moving. Let the line continue to move. Let it come for, let, let it come to you. There's one important note that we all need to, and then we'll wrap this up, guys. Right now, right now, there are five teams in the NFL that are cash burners, that are 0-3 ATS. The Falcons. Uh, no, excuse no, me. The Falcons nope. covered against oh, the Cowboys. Okay. Nope. Oh, yeah, 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 they did cover that game. I know they, I know they burned money for me. Sorry. Yeah, well, here's the thing, Corey. Cover your ears on this first one. One of them is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh-huh. Dallas Cowboys are 0-3 ATS. Uh, Jim Cramer, if you're listening to this, cover your ears. The Eagles are 0-3 ATS. The Tennessee Titans, thanks to Steven Goskowski and burning all of the sharp plays on that Monday night game, they are also 0-3 ATS as they won another game this week by one point but failed to cover the closing number of two. And finally, the Texans are also 0-3 as Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien. No shocker. And who is the other team that is a money burner and 0-3 again ATS? That would be the Adam Gase-led New York Jets. Friends don't let friends bet the Jets. At well, any that's point. A good, that's a good tagline. Yeah, and friends don't let friends 
uh, football teams hire Adam Gase as their head coach and ruin a young quarterback. All right, let's get ready to get on out of here. Once again, I want to thank my man, Bull Market Bill Fantasy Frankie. I'm Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive Bull Market Fantasy. We are out. <laughs>